Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Utah's sports leader. This is KZNS AM Salt Lake City. KZNS FM Colvin. 97.5-1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. And now, it's 10 a.m. Let's just get down to it. And it's time for your sports fix. Strap yourselves in, folks. From two guys who have covered the teams you're passionate about for years. We are professionals. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, thank you very much for making us part of your day. What's up, Ben? Those guys are in a good mood. DJ and PK? Sometimes they're not. Sometimes those guys are tough in the mornings, but they were in a good mood. Working with PK uh, years ago, I'll tell you this, and it's probably the same way now. Like 6 o'clock PK and 10 o'clock yeah. PK yeah. were completely different people. No, they were happy. Fun to talk to them. But isn't that kind of most of us in the morning though like what do you need ben when you roll out of bed to be actually you know pure coffee in a decent frame of mind no what kind of time frame you need oh, a half an hour it really is dependent on the coffee if i don't have it until noon if i get up at nine and don't have it till noon i'm gonna be grumpy until noon but if i have it by nine i'll be okay so yeah it is dependent on the uh, my drug of choice it absolutely is the very first thing i do every morning yeah. what, what is it what are these no, mornings there are some mornings where i get up and for whatever reason i wander around and well, that's a it. you problem. It is a me problem. I'm zero. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's absolutely a me problem. That's a that's a you issue. Uh, we've got a lot to do today, Ben. We're going to talk some Utah Jazz basketball. Is a game night as the road trip continues on. They're in Denver. Eight o'clock start. ESPN. Who's in Denver? Seven o'clock. Uh, I don't actually know who on the team is going to be in Denver tonight, according to that uh, that, that injury report. That was a lengthy, yesterday. lengthy injury report. I so. put it out on Twitter, and I screenshotted it from the text we got from the team, and it took two different photos, <laughs> length of, to, get, uh, to get everyone out there. So and it's a long one tonight. 
Well, and uh, we'll talk. Yesterday was a was a newsy day in Jazzland. I took a good day to try and take off. I oh, failed. Yeah. That didn't work for you. Did not work at all. You know, it's always funny when news breaks where writers or you know people in the breaking news business are. Uh, did what were you trying to do? Did you? I tried to take a nap. Okay, and my phone started blowing up, and I thought, ah, uh, this probably is for me. If it's getting this many interactions and nobody's responded already, it probably means I'm not doing something I'm supposed to be doing. And then Trevor still did it for me, thankfully, but I still woke up from my nap. But I did get Donovan, and I did get Mia, and then I fell asleep during Joe Ingles testing positive or entering the NBA's COVID protocol, whatever that actually means. I need to get more naps in. Nice. I was one thing to the other yesterday. Yeah. Just pulling my hair out. <laughs> pulling my hair out. You okay now? Meanwhile, Ben's snoozing. Although you did have to get up and, you know do a great deal of work so yeah uh, that's uh that's you no i'm gonna be running around all day today oh man it's just a runner it's it's one thing after another ben i hey when your kids let me ask you this when your kids what at what age do they become less maintenance there does get to a point where you can leave them at home see that would be nice you know and it's a little dicey that first few times you're like are you too young it's nine too young if i'm gonna run to the gas station around the corner you know and grab a gallon of milk or whatever i need to do put a little gas gas in the station car. i'm thinking like the weekend for the, you're leaving them for the whole weekend? you got to be a little older. Maybe a week. they got to be like 11 what, or 12. like 8? Probably got to be 11 or 12. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not looking to leave but anybody no, for the weekend. But yeah, being able, an to, errand, though, being able to run an errand to store? without having to put the kid in the car yeah. seat is a huge advantage, much less two. See, that's the, that's the tricky part with two, is you've got to get both of them out of the car. It's a lot and of then wrangling. back into the car. Yeah, it's a lot of wrangling. <sighs> All right. All right, let's get down to business here, Ben. Okay. Uh, what's, what big news item do you want to start with from yesterday? Probably Donovan Mitchell, player of the month uh, for the month of December. Actually, let's talk today and work backwards. Okay. Do you want to talk tonight's game and we'll work backwards a little All right. bit? Let's go for uh, So who is going to play, Ben? I have the lengthy uh, uh, injury report up. Joe Ingles is out. Health and safety protocols. First Jazz player this year to be dealing with that. Rudy is questionable with a left shoulder inflammation. Bogdanovich questionable, left finger sprain, a Royce questionable, right patellar tendonitis, uh, Hassan Whiteside questionable, concussion protocol, and then uh, also uh, Doak is questionable, right ankle sprain. Which that's, is actually that's good. That's good news. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Donovan's probable, left low back strain, and Jordan Clarkson is probable with low back tightness. That's a lot. That's a lot. And considering the injury report... Uh, before the Jazz played New Orleans, had basically nobody on it for all of a sudden overnight. Usually these injury reports are because everybody is on the COVID list and the Jazz only have one player on the COVID list. So for them to not find themselves in that spot and then all of a sudden have fingers and shoulders and tendonitis and whatever, you know, it's it's kind of funny that it's all propped up. Now, maybe the Jazz are going to use this as an opportunity to rest some guys on purpose and because everyone's dinged up. I mean, these are legitimately banged up players. But you say, you know what? Take a day off in Denver. Game's important, but even if we're healthy, it might be kind of difficult to win. And just be 100% ready to go for this tough back-to-back where you got to go up to Toronto, and then you have to go and play in Indiana. And Toronto, the COVID rules are so severe and so strict, maybe they're just trying to keep players away from one another at this point because Denver's also been hit very hard by it. I mean, there might be a little bit of the conspiracy going on of just saying, like, hey, let's just... Put out a skeleton crew tonight against Denver. Yeah, it's too bad. It's on national television. You've already got a win over them earlier this season. Just be healthy going into this next back-to-back and finish these final three games of the road trip. Toronto, Indy, Detroit, strong instead of, you know, 
trying to put all your marbles in against uh, against the Denver Nuggets. That was the that was honestly the first thing that went through my mind when I read the Ben Anderson tweet at Ben'sHoops.com yesterday. I'm glad you read my tweets. Uh, I, w- I thought, you know what? They might just go in here and take an L. I would say take an L, except for Denver. So, as you point out, so bare bones too. You never know, right? Uh, but yeah, it, take a night to get right. Although you're not supposed to do that. On national TV, could the Jazz get fined for that? I mean, I don't think the NBA would actually have the the stones, given the current circumstances, to find anybody for for playing a skeleton crew. But technically, isn't that violating what uh, what they've put out there? As long as these guys have injuries listed next to their names, it's one thing. Like you can't rest Mike Conley. The other night, the Jazz said not playing Mike Conley. Rest. I think it was Friday. Right? They didn't play him on the front end of a back-to-back, and it said rest. As long as you don't put the word rest out there, you're probably okay, which is funny that of all the players that is playing tonight, Mike Conley will be available. But then again, Mike probably won't play in either Toronto or Indiana. So He'll that's rest it? one of those games. It's, it's the label? It is. Can it's we, the label. Can we both agree that that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard? Oh, of course. Might as well not even have a policy. Right, and it's not like Adam Silver's going to come down with a stethoscope. <laughs> No, you could just say whatever. Yeah. It's got athlete's foot. Cough for me. <laughs> All right, Rudy, get over here. We're surprised people throw him a ball and see if they catch it with their supposedly hurt shoulder. Do you remember those old videos on Fox when they used to have, like, uh, they would go after people who were committing fraud for uh, workers' comp? They'd be like, oh, this guy was moving a wheelbarrow. So his back hurt. There was, like, a whole TV show trying to bust people who needed a day off. <laughs> Now you're going to prison for taking a day off when your boss didn't say you could. I'm sorry, this is this is certainly a tangent. But don't don't you find that offensive when the NBA creates a policy like that that really isn't designed to fix anything but is just more of like a look we're doing something? Should we all find that offensive? The like, lack like, of common sense in some of the rules. And I love the NBA and I actually think it's probably the best league when it comes to most rules, guaranteed contracts, etc. Like overall I would take the NBA over Major League Baseball, over the NFL, no questions asked. But they have some of the worst by-the-book rules that hurt the game more than anything else. Well, it's just funny because you can see this happen, right? ESPN, or TNT either way, uh, calls up Adam Silver and says, Hey, none of your guys are playing in these national games. We're trying to make a living. you gotta, you got to do something about this. Right. And the, NBA, the NBA, Adam Silver's like, Yes, yes, we do. We're on it. We will create a policy. All right, uh, good. And ESPN goes away, and that policy is basically nothing. <laughs> if you label it on an injury report, then it's not against the rules. If you if you dare say rest, we will find you. And I'll give you that's a, hilarious. A very stupid rule last night. That's a good example of this. Actually, on the court playing out, Kings were playing the Lakers last night. This is a real tangent. About twenty seconds left. It's a two possession game. The Lakers miss a free throw and get back on defense. Lakers are up by five. Instead of grabbing the ball, because it's kind of bouncing already towards the front court, De'Aaron Fox lets it bounce. And accidentally, there's nobody around him. Everybody on the Lakers retreats. So he's the only Kings player and the only player on the floor on his side of the court. He lets the ball bounce because it's going in that direction to save time, to not start the clock. But the Lakers clock keeper starts the clock. Though he didn't touch it. Because of that, the NBA makes them go to a jump ball because technically it was an inadvertent whistle. Wow. When it was, there was nobody within 25 feet of the ball yeah. other than De'Aaron Fox. And they said, well, by the book, we have to have this as a jump ball, even though De'Aaron Fox was the only person who could have touched the ball. But because it wasn't, you know, like they say in the NFL, an obvious recovery 
or where the ball would have gone after a fumble. They, they just said, no, we have to jump. And, of course, the Lakers won it, uh, got the jump ball, and ended up winning the game. But, yes, that is the stupid, by-the-book rules of the NBA where it just says, just have common sense. Everyone will like it more if you just have common sense. Like saying, you know what? We don't need to put rest or we don't need to put yeah. whatever by the name. We're just making it up anyways. Knee inflammation. Maybe some of the best exa- Whiplash. Maybe some of the best examples of, of problems just to tell people that you're solving the problem have come over the last couple of years. Do you remember when the Heat uh, were trying to get fans back in the stands last year and they're like, we have COVID-sniffing dogs? And it's like – COVID sniffing dogs. Right. Do you? No, you don't. No, you don't. But you're just going to act like you're doing something. Do you remember when the, the pandemic first hit and the Broncos were trying to participate in camp, you know? And they had, did you ever see this, Ben? They had, it looked like a metal detector, but it had mist coming out of it. Yes. And they made all the players run through the mist. Yes. And it's like, okay. We solved it. It's fine. Well, do you remember the NBA? Problem over. Do you remember in the bubble, they were giving everyone those rings? Oh, yeah. It was like a ring that was going to let you know if your heart was going too fast and that was going to be a sign that you weren't getting enough oxygen. If you weren't getting enough oxygen, you had COVID. And they spent an absurd amount of money on these rings yeah. that you didn't have to wear. But if you wanted to wear it, you could wear one of these mood rings that was going to tell you if you had COVID or not. And within a week, everyone realized this doesn't work at all. This is the dumbest this thing This is ever. the dumbest thing. Everyone knows <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. It's fake. And the NBA was like, but we'll fork over a quarter of a million dollars on these rings so every player in the bubble can have them. I'm on record with this one, but how ridiculous was it that they legislated in the rules, fourth bubble, no doubles ping pong. Yeah. Absolutely not. Right. Singles, fine. Fine. Doubles? Mm-mm. I remember they had like a thousand <laughs> ping pong balls. You couldn't use the same one after a point. <laughs> Uh, they had another one. You couldn't like wipe your face or something, and yeah. then touch the ball. Yeah, yeah, guys. And then I do like that halfway through. There was like videos of Jordan Clarkson and uh, Jalen Brown sitting in tubs together, chugging Coronas, shotgun and yeah, beers, shotgun, shotgun and, and beers. Which Jordan Clarkson was remarkably good at. Well, that's not that surprising, that is guy, it? That guy is yeah, shotgun a beer, to too. He spent four years in college. He knows how to do it. <laughs> Just so. The mister was my favorite, though. Yeah. All these football players running through a mister. It's like, oh, we got it, guys. Have a good practice. When they do that Everybody's everywhere? Everybody's okay. I don't know. The COVID-sniffing dogs are pretty good, too. All right, Ben. Back to the point. I don't know how we got so sidetracked on that. Oh, the Jazz might not have anybody playing tonight. Yeah, we'll see. Mike Conley is going to play. Conley's playing. Donovan's probable. Jordan Clarkson's probable. But you don't have a center, potentially, if Rudy Gobert doesn't play. Yudoka Azabuki's not available. And Hassan Whiteside can't go in concussion protocol. Now, those guys are questionable. Those guys haven't officially been listed as out. But there's a chance that none of those guys play. And then I don't know what you do. I mean, you start Rudy Gay at center? There's no other. You don't have any other choice. Yeah, that's it. Because Royce O'Neal's also potentially out in this game. Well, uh, he's listed as questionable as well. Pascal's good, right? I mean, maybe that's... No, is, is Pascal back? Uh, okay, Pascal's not on the list anymore, but he's been out for personal reasons for the last five games. So... He's not listed, so maybe he is listen, available to go. The, uh, the over-under is at 223, Ben. I okay. Think. Do you have inside info here? Because if you actually know that Rudy and uh, Hassan are not playing... Take go- way over. We're going to bet the over, buddy. Way over. Yeah. Way over. As long as the Jazz can score. As long as you're assuming that the Jazz can score. Well, again. Denver's not stopping anybody. They're playing no. with the... They've got the worst bench in the league. Yeah. So, t- 
teams are going to score. These are still NBA players after all. But listen, like there's a, I, I know PK was talking about this a little bit earlier. Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer uh, answered a jazz question in his kind of uh, mailbag kind of platform or whatever, talking about the jazz, what they need, and it's more defense. And then he, he points out a number of uh, situations on how Rudy Gobert makes everybody else even appear serviceable defensively, yeah. but the truth is, is that they're not. I mean, he he breaks it down with videos. It's it's really, uh, really well done. But if neither Rudy or Hassan plays, I mean, oh, it's a mess. It's going to get ugly. Yeah, it's going to be a layup. Jokic is going to have sixty points. Correct, because he's already bigger than everybody on the Jazz. Even with Rudy, he's just like he outweighs him by. He'll so go to much. the he line twenty five times and yeah. he'll score sixty points. You're right. It could get real ugly if the Jazz don't end up with either Hassan or Rudy Gobert. One of them will play. My bet would be one of them will. They'll figure out who's less healthy coming up tonight, and they'll throw the other one out well, there. Well, Hassan's is a head injury, so yeah. if one of them's going out there, I'm assuming it's Rudy sucking it up and doing it. Cause and maybe they both play. You know, Maybe all these guys who are questionable, they end up getting but the majority with, of them out there. But with a head injury, you get what I'm saying. You're, Correct. Either, oh, you're either ready or you're not. Correct. You know? That That's, isn't like, well, I'm a little concussed still. You know, I, I, I can remember most of what happened yeah. a half hour ago. So, yeah, let's go. Like we our, said, but this is what we talked about. I mean, didn't it, we? We were talking about this five-game road trip for the Jazz on Monday, and what was going to be an acceptable performance for the Jazz. And we both kind of said five and zero isn't out of the question. Four and one is probably a good number, unless you start getting the NBA COVID protocols and you start getting guys injured. And now, of course, by game two, they've got everyone beat up. So you can start changing your expectations for this road trip. And you know what? Again, going back to yesterday's conversation a little bit, Jake, I, I think. It just, it, I, I have a strong feeling we're going to look at that Golden State game as a big before and after for this Jazz franchise this year. A turning point. A turning point, which is so funny because they were on the second night of a back-to-back. It didn't seem like that important of a game, even before, because Quinn Snyder talked about it on New Year's Eve because they ended up playing on New Year's. He said it's just a game. By the time we get to the playoffs, everyone on this phone call, talking about the media people, everyone on this phone call is just going to say it has no implication on the postseason. The regular season didn't matter. It's all about what you do in the playoffs. So he was even kind of already undercutting a little bit and saying, like, it's it's one of 82. You know, it, it matters, but it's not the only thing that matters. And still, it feels like this was a turning point for the Jazz, especially with all the all the things that happened yesterday. Uh, we have a little uh, breaking news from our guy, Jacob Hatch, who uh, has, has been big on breaking news with the transfers, uh, Ben. Per a source with direct knowledge, according to Hatch, Cal grad transfer running back Christopher Brooks has enrolled at BYU and will be playing for BYU football in 2022. He has run for 1,734 yards and 14 touchdowns while at Cal. Great size, 6'1", 235 pounds, and figures to replace Tyler Algier for the Cougars. Hatch goes on. Brooks had announced his commitment to Purdue in mid-December, but BYU's coaching staff was able to flip him. He enrolled in classes in Provo today and will be a senior based on my research, but could be a junior with a COVID year playing into things. Hashtag BYU football. Hashtag LOC. What is LOC? Something Cougars. It is. It's LOC. I can't remember what it is. LOC. Laugh of the Cougar? Nope. Because isn't that what ROC oh, is? Library of Congress. <laughs> That's it. That's, That's it. it you've, you've solved it. Library of Congress. Yes, this is going right into the archives. Oh, it's Locked on Cougars. That's his podcast. There it is. What that is. makes more sense. It's not Library of Congress. Although, I don't think he's ever going to box out Library of Congress for that hashtag. So he might, stay, he yep. might need to figure something else out. Because it is the Library of Congress. Carlos Boozer was... 
tweeting about Zion Williamson and he yes. tagged Zion National Park. And he said throw prayers up or something like that. And Zion National Park was – oh, something happened at Zion National Park. It was like a flash flood or something like that. And they yeah. were like, well, thank you, Carlos. I don't think this was meant for us, but appreciate it. We we'll need it. it. <laughs> See booze. Oh, man. Well, we can talk – I miss Carlos Boozer. Well, we can talk about Boozer too because yesterday Donovan Mitchell was named Western Conference Player of the Month, which is actually a very big deal. It is. Player of the Week, you know, Boyan's won it. I think Hassan Whiteside's won it in the Eastern Conference. Like they, they kind of throw it around to some of the lesser-known players. It is kind of a way to recognize role players who are playing at a high level. And it is still the best role players, but it's not superstars. Guys who win Player of the Month, you can go down the list. I tweeted it out, and I, I included a link to it, I think, in my article. It is the best of the best, Jake. It's Steph, it's KD, it's LeBron. Like Going back through the history, it is the best players on earth win Player of the Month. You do not see a lot of randos getting Player of the Month awards. I think Julius Randle is like the most recent like non-great, great player who has won it and still was an all-star last year and was, you know, like, did he end up winning most improved player last season? Like He was really good last year for the Knicks, was the best player on a pretty good playoff team. So seeing Donovan win this was a very big deal. And then going back to the history of it, I mean, Darren Williams only won it one time. Stockton only won it one time. Mailman won it seven times. And C. Booz, Carlos Boozer, won it twice. Like, we do forget Carlos Boozer is one of the ten best players in jazz history. Oh, he's so good. Not, yeah. And it's not even close. Now, he, he was another one who wouldn't guard a chair. Correct. And I got that, and people were grumpy about that. He didn't get off to a good start with the franchise because of the injury issue that he had. Um, but if you're talking free agent signings, he made two all-star teams. He won a gold medal while he was with the Jazz. Like He was 20 and 10. He was awesome. Made a conference finals. Yeah. Yeah, like he was a great, great player. And yes, because he's a little bit of a wacko, he's just a weird guy. I actually think he's like probably an okay person. Like I know he's goofy, but he has not gone on to be like a terrible guy later in his life. It, it's weird that there hasn't been a kind of a late career embrace of Carlos Boozer because the Jazz were happy to move on from him when they did too. You know, it wasn't like there was this ugly, ugly falling apart. No. They just kind of realized, we got to change direction of the franchise. I'm surprised he hasn't come back and come a little more full circle with Jazz fans. Listen, you know what I it, what I have always liked about Carlos Boozer? Is he has defended this community yep. after he left yep. at every turn. There was a, a radio interview in Miami where the, the host cracked a Utah joke. I can't remember exactly what they said, but it was like, oh, you're a, you played in Utah. Oh, I bet that was just horrible. And he, he put the brakes on him immediately. He said, no, huh. no, no, no. I really enjoyed my time there. Great community. Huh, you know. And you, I don't know. Utah doesn't get a whole lot of that. So I've always respected him for that because he could easily have left grumpy because the fans were ready for him to leave. Correct. Franchise was he was ready to go elsewhere. You know he was ready to go to Chicago. He signed he a huge deal with the Bulls, so it's not like his value was gone. Right, the Jazz were just not interested in being in the Carlos Boozer business anymore. Right, and that was probably timing wise terrific. Because well, Paul Millsap, they were getting favors. Like there was yeah. a lot of reasons to do that. And he, but he never lived up to um, that contract in Chicago. But he got them a trade exception, Ben, which of course got them Al Jefferson. Huh, so right. he. Did the Jazz a favor Correct. going out the door where other players Gordon have, not, uh, have not bothered to do that? Right. Boozer was one of – you could do an interesting deep dive on Carlos Boozer being one of the first players in the NBA to start signing super massive contracts – and just jumping team to team to get whatever the biggest deal was and how that changed the league. We so much we so often point to LeBron and the decision going to Miami as when 
big financial players stop staying with the same teams. But Boozer, you know, signed with the Jazz in 04, signed with the Bulls in 2010. Like, he was kind of doing the thing where he was jumping big contract to big contract. He was one of the first guys who was really good, an all-star level player who didn't necessarily value loyalty all that much, but also kind of... I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like we certainly like it in Utah when Donovan wants to stay here or Rudy Gobert wants to play here. But even then, like we mentioned, Jazz fans didn't care that the Boozer was leaving. Like that was part of it. You got what you needed out of him. You paid for his services, and then he moved on, and you well, were fine for it. I mean, look how he got out of Cleveland. That'll tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. But he's he's an example. He and Gilbert Arenas are the best examples of how you want to hit in the second round. Yeah, but not immediately. Correct, and not too well. Correct, because the rules are such that they can just leave. Yeah. That you know all that rookie stuff with the first rounder, where you've got restricted free agency and all that. There are certain rules there, but for the most part, what it's like two years, and then they have the ability to just bounce. So you want to hit in the second round, but don't hit a home run. Agreed. (laughs) All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Jake and Ben coming up right around the corner. Want to remind you about our friends at Built Bar. Whether it's double chocolate peanut butter brownie, cherry barcia, or salted caramel, enjoy a Built Bar, one hundred percent real chocolate, one hundred percent real delicious. Order yours today at built.com and save ten percent off using promo code Zone at checkout. That's Built Bar. More next ninety seven five and twelve eighty the Zone. This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. Bell, bell, bell. It is a Jazz at 30 update here on Jake and Ben on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Here is Mike Conley on the team's resilience all season long. We've been pretty resilient all year. I think we haven't let too many things kind of sit too long. Uh, lost it hasn't been too heavy. I think we've learned from every every individual game, and you know that, that game against the Warriors, we learned from, learned a lot about ourselves and the small ball situations, and obviously stuff that we can work on. But coming out here to New Orleans, start the trip, and we just refocused on them, our matchups, uh, what we needed to do to get the job done, and we got there and then did it. This update is brought to you by Five Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with a five-star experience with Five Star Painting. They've got the time, skills, and tools. FiveStarPainting.com. That's FiveStarPainting.com. Who's got it better than us? Sports coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. I'm an Indian outlaw. Half Cherokee and Choctaw. My baby, she's a Chippewa. She's a one of a kind. We can ride my pony double, make your little heart bubble long. Man, 97.5, The Zone. Uh, the Jazz had, do have a new addition, and uh, they did complete a trade yesterday, Ben. Let's start with this. Uh, the Jazz signed free agent uh, forward Daniel House to a 10-day contract yep. today. Uh, and kind of an interesting signing. We've seen a lot of teams go the G League route when they're signing players. Daniel House was actually an unexpected free agent this year. Had been pretty good 
Well, it was certainly an NBA player while he was with the Houston Rockets. They just said, you know what? We are going in a different direction. We're going super young. You probably deserve to play. You can probably find a spot on a playoff team and contribute a little bit there. So let's just go our separate ways. We don't want to pay you. You don't want to be stuck here in Houston while we want to play all of our young guys. So we're just going to let you go. And so they mutually agreed to part ways. And then he kind of never picked up anywhere, which has been surprising. He did sign a 10-day contract with the New York Knicks, but... 6'6", 220, can shoot the ball a little bit, can play a little bit of defense. Like He's the type of guy that is on an NBA roster. It's surprising, in fact, he hasn't found a a more permanent home. That may be on purpose by he and his agent, waiting to find the best place to to land. But you know what? You've got 10 days here to prove yourself with the Jazz. If you knock down a few open shots, it is funny to look now with, with Joe Ingles not shooting the ball super well and his future in question. Uh, if he can come in and knock down some shots and play even a little bit of defense, like this could turn into a you know a second ten day and then potentially a longer uh, a longer deal with the Jazz. And there's no guarantee Joe is the end of the issues with uh, the COVID health and safety at protocols. All. Yeah, at you, all. You hope it didn't get much further, but right. there's certainly no guarantee against a- that. So. And if there's one place the Jazz are thin, I mean they kind of have Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles at that wing spot, and they don't really have anyone else. You know, especially if Pascal's not playing and we don't know about what, what's going on with him. He's got personal issues he's dealing with. And we haven't seen Mieoni because he's been traded. He has been traded, Ben, uh, to the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's Oni in a 2028 second round pick. The Thunder will waive Oni and open up a roster spot. Uh, Utah is saving money and uh, gets a roster spot as well. Jazz will save about three million bucks. With the uh, luxury tax and all that With the luxury stuff. tax. Mm-hmm. Because right now in the NBA... Where the Jazz are, and it's kind of hard to find the exact numbers because nobody releases exact numbers of where they are uh, with their contracts, but the Jazz are right around that $15 million over the luxury tax or over the salary cap and into the luxury tax. And that, you you pay a bigger uh, penalty every $5 million over you go. So that zero to five million, it's like a buck twenty-five for every dollar over you are the salary cap. Then it goes up to a dollar seventy-five, and then it's like two fifty, and then it's three fifty at, at or three twenty-five at at fifteen million over. So the Jazz were paying Oni's contract at whatever one point eight million bucks this year, and then three dollars and twenty-five cents for every dollar Oof. over fifteen million they were. So Mia Oni's one point eight million dollar contract is all of a sudden that. Plus three point two five percent of that, or or three hundred and twenty five percent of that. So that's six million bucks. So you don't pay the second half of his salary, and you lose all of that money that would have been their penalty. So it saves a bunch. It's a it's a smart deal. If you are a fan of salary caps in general, yep. in sports, yep. that's a great rule. The NBA has a lot of bad rules. The luxury tax is absolutely terrific, and it's quietly worked super well. Yep. If you want to know why the Lakers are terrible this year, it's because the luxury tax has worked. You know, it's if you want to know why you don't know most of the players on the Brooklyn Nets outside of like their top five or six guys, it's because the luxury tax is working. It's so punitive, correct? And if you think about it, that three dollars and twenty one cents or twenty five cents for every dollar is going into the pocket of the competition. Correct. It's great. It which not, makes it extra painful. It doesn't go to Adam Silver. No, it, no, it goes back into a pool and then gets distributed to the teams who aren't in the luxury tax. Right. So it, it really is not something you want to be doing. Now, ideally, kind of everyone scratches each other's back. You have a championship contender like the Jazz. You're a small market. You pay it now. And it's worth it because when the Golden State Warriors are good, when the Lakers are good, when the Knicks are good, whoever, they end up paying you and you get that money back yep. when you're trying to rebuild. So it, it, it should even out, ideally, 
But yeah, it does prevent these super teams from being absurdly good at basketball. Because the baseball salary cap barely exists. Right. I mean, it's it's not even a deterrent. Right. The, the Yankees and the Angels and whatever right. are still going to be the these monstrous payrolls. And in the NFL, that cap, first of all, would never work in the NBA right. because of the guaranteed salaries. Right. But, but think about uh, in the NFL, if you are a really good team, at some point in the near future, you're going to be god-awful because yeah. it's a hard cap and you've got to Correct. pay that piper right. eventually and it's coming soon. Right. That's what may, uh, what the Patriots did for years made it so unbelievable because right. Tom Brady was so good they could turn over the whole roster right. and let go of these players that were that were overpaid but cornerstone players and and move on. It's, it's amazing it's what they It's also the did. reason you're seeing teams start rookie quarterbacks because yes. if you hit on Mac Jones as a rookie who makes $3 million as a cap hit this year, you can go out and sign all the free agents they did in the offseason, like Kyle Van Noy and whoever else you want yep. you to bring in, and you have a superstar team with an okay rookie quarterback, and you can win a Super it's Bowl. It's how Seattle won their Super Bowl. Correct. With Russell it, Wilson. It's why the Cincinnati Bengals, we talked about, yeah. have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Great example. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, that, I mean, the NBA really has a great system where, you know, if there are teams that think they can win the title and want to go out and spend, spend, spend and don't care about it or, or certainly are willing to make that sacrifice, then by all means, knock yourself out. But it still is punitive enough that it enforces the fairness angle, which is the point. So we'll see. We'll see how Daniel House works out. He's a better player than Mieoni. Sure. I think that's fine. Okay. You know, he's got more experience. He's more proven. Uh, he shoots better. Probably not quite the defensive player, but Mieoni also fouled every time he got on the floor. So we'll see if Daniel House actually gets on the floor. He only played one game for the Knicks and didn't score. You know, didn't really do a whole lot. We'll see if he actually gets a chance with the Jazz. I, I think they'd like to audition him if they can. And, you know, it might just be because they're short so many bodies and you have to have X amount of healthy players just to play in these games. You have yep. to have eight guys that are ready to go out and you have to have 12 or 13 players on the roster at a time. So that are available night to night. So you, you you, you, in a way, you hope you never see Daniel House because it means the Jazz have stayed healthy enough. But if you're trying to find cheap replacements who could f- eventually help the team, Daniel House is not the worst option. File Mieoni, Ben, in the category of players that I loved the concept of, yep. but it just didn't work out. Yeah, but it was low cost. <coughs> way paid, low cost. You bought a draft pick for $2 million from the Golden State Warriors in 2019. It was the 58th pick in the draft, I think. You tried him out. You gave him a minimum contract deal, and he just kind of never developed. Same yep. with Jarrell Brantley. You kind of put a couple of chips forward there, and you hoped that that money would pay off, and it didn't, but relatively low cost for those guys. Now, I also put Dante Exum in that category, and that was a little bit more of a high cost. I always loved the concept of yes. Dante Exum. It just yeah. never came to fruition. Right. But you would rather whiff on Jarrell Brant. You'd rather whiff on ten Jarrell Brantleys than one Dante. Eckler. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Because the fifth overall pick is so valuable, and the fifty-eighth overall pick is so worthless <laughs> that it's fine to miss on that every single who, time. Who else fall, falls into this category for me and jazz players? You love the concept; it just never worked. Carilla Fasinko, sure, sure, a flyer because he was huge, and at the time that was that was kind of Shaq times. You yeah. know, that was when you wanted a, a big, huge dude. I mean, Trent Forrest is one of these guys who I love the concept of Trent Forrest. We'll see if he ends up working out. He may not, but I really like the idea of a Trent Forrest player who's four-year winner who does all the things you want to coming out of a really good program at Florida State who maybe just doesn't pan out, but is extremely low cost. How about Mo Almond? Yep. Mo Almond was a great idea. Best scorer in college basketball and just never never could put it together on the floor. How about this? Chris Morris. Yep. Who a lot of people thought, and he was okay for the Jazz, but a lot of people thought he was the throwback. But yeah, he was the he was what was going to put them over the top, and he could never beat out Brian Russell. Right, right. 
everybody loves Brian, but they kind of brought Chris along because Brian, they needed an upgrade. Shaq Harrison was not last year. Okay. Remember Shaq Harrison yeah. was like, man, he Jazz needed dribble. a defensive guard. This guy is 6'6". He can do all these things. Had really played some good minutes. Like the plus minus guys loved him. Uh, and then just, just could not get on the floor at all. Just didn't matter a single bit once he got to the Jazz. That's kind of a funny concept. Like you, you like the concept of a player. It just didn't work. Yeah. There's and a lot of those out there. Oh, man. I mean, that's why it's so hard to be a general manager. There's a lot of concepts that you can you can fall in love with, and you can think you're the smartest person in the room because you think Shaq Harrison's going to work out, and then he doesn't. Now, the nice thing is Shaq Harrison didn't cost anything. Ersan Ilyasova, everywhere he goes, is a good concept, right? Big guy who can spread the floor and take charges. Love the concept. Never sticks in the NBA with any team he goes to. How about, how about this? Would you, put the, would you put this player in that category? Andre Karolinko. No. He was so good. Okay, so he was so good, but he never lived up to the max deal. Correct. Is why I might put him in this category, because the concept of Andre, the player that can literally do everything. The Andre stuff. Was was pretty, you remember the whole 5x5 five five stuff? I mean, the oh, player yeah. that is good at it all. I love that concept. He was a really bad match for Jerry Sloan. He was a really bad fit for the NBA at that point because he was just five years ahead of schedule. And then, of course, the knee and the back injuries ended up really costing him. If he had stayed healthy his whole time, maybe he would never have talked about this. You know, if Ben Oudra never falls into his knee and blows it up right after he signs his contract, well, who knows how good he ends up being. But he was also just a bad marriage for Jerry Sloan, who never. wanted a pick-and-roll guy and wasn't willing to rebuild yeah. around what this idea of what Karolinko could have been. Nor did the Jazz do anything to make Karolinko better. They didn't go out and sign a bunch of guys to make Karolinko better. Now, they drafted Darren Williams, and they had Boozer, and they had Mehmet Okur, and those guys all worked out pretty well. But I didn't feel like they ever went specifically with the idea that AK is going to be the face of the franchise, and we're going to build a team around him. They immediately said, how do we make him the fourth best player on the team? And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, it's kind of funny, because he had that all-star year. He had that great year. Brilliant. Uh, in between he was a top-ten Car- player in the, in the league that year. In between Carl and John. And Carlos Boozer and Mehmet Okur had that one year where the Jazz were 500 and had no business being 500. He made the all-star team. Great year. He got that contract. And then you're right. It is kind of funny because the Jazz said, well, we're going to go sign players that we're going to put over top of you. That was a team. Kevin O'Connor was a good general manager. I mean, he got these last Western Conference Finals, you know, uh, oversaw the last Western Conference Finals team. But in one offseason, he drafted Chris Humphreys and signed Carlos Boozer. It's like, what are you doing? You get a lottery pick on a power forward, and then you sign a power forward. So Chris Humphreys had zero chance of working out. And then apparently did did no research on Kirk Snyder, the human being. He did such a horrible job in some of those drafts. And what was funny is the two players drafted after Kirk Snyder and Chris Humphreys were Josh Smith, who played in the Emmys, a bozo too. But played forever. He was as big a bozo as Kirk Snyder and Al Jefferson. How about that? Blew it. You know what? You blew it. Uh, some breaking news real quick here, Ben. Uh, RSL, it's uh, been confirmed, has been sold officially to the David Blitzer-led group. Well, get Tom back from Australia. You got breaking news. Come and call him. I know oh, yeah. He just left like yesterday. There, but we got to bring him back. <laughs> Nate, put him on the first flight. Bring him back here. He's got work to do. Well, we can talk about that. Let's talk about that a little bit in the next... Okay, we can. Yeah, we'll let's, talk about that. Let's do that. We're going to do top three stories at kslsports.com coming up at 11 o'clock. Sam Farnsworth of KSL TV is going to jump on with us at 11.30. So stay tuned. It is Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Win, win, win.
It's a Win Ticket Wednesday on the Zone Sports Network. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday right here. Win. Listen all day for the Win Ticket Wednesday sounder for your chance to win tickets. What? Who authorized that? To all the biggest concerts, games, and other great events here in the state of Utah. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Sports you love, the teams you can't live without. Get a sense of urgency! This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone, powered by KSLSports.com. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Megan, how are you? How are you feeling, Megan? Checking with you today. I'm good, thank you. Everything all right? Yeah. Okay. How about you, Ben? Everything all right? Oh, nothing's ever been better than my life. No, things are good. Having a good day. That doesn't sound real convincing. No, I had a nice night last night. Hung out, relaxed, watched the new Ghostbusters. That's fine. Did you really the the female one? No, the one that has Paul Rudd that came out in the last three months that nobody ever talked. They about. They had another reheated Ghostbusters recently. Yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. Well. Takes place on a farm. Really? Yeah, that's fine. Ghostbusters on a farm. Uh, the storyline is Egon. You remember Egon, who's played by? Yeah, he passed right. Ramus. Yeah, Harold Ramus. Harold Ramus. Uh, Harold Ramis has gone and taken over this farm as the Ghostbusters have disbanded and kind of continued his research into thinking there are ghosts around and uh, leaves it to this family. This farm, this family kind of moves to this farm, the single mom and uh, her kids and some of the kids from uh, what's the uh, Netflix creature movie or the TV show Stranger Things. Some of the kids from Stranger Things are there and uh, they end up going and living on this farm. Sounds great. Yeah, it was fine. You know what? I threw it on. I didn't pay much attention. Kind of was watching basketball in the background, kind of multi-screening it and just kind of having a night. Bill Murray in there? He, uh, I'm not going to say who makes a cameo. Oh, but all right. I see. Dan Aykroyd also might. Also Winston might. Winston's great. Winston's oh, my man, favorite. Oh, man. What's that dude's up. name? He ended up doing a bunch of TV, actually. A ton of TV. Yeah, good for him. He was in that, uh, that weird HBO prison show. Huh. Oz? Oz. I never saw Oz. I should watch Oz. <laughs> it's It's interesting. Uh, yeah, giveaway tickets. It's a uh, it's a win ticket Wednesday. Uh, Megan wants to jump on that. Let's uh, let's give away a few tickets. Caller twelve right now will win a family four pack to the Utah Grizzlies versus the Idaho Steelheads at the Maverick Center coming up uh, Friday, January fourteenth. Great seats are still av- available. Visit utahgrizzlies.com to get tickets or to find out about upcoming games. Twelfth caller eight five five three four zero zone. Breaking news, we mentioned it in the last segment. Uh, RSL has been officially purchased by the David Blitzer-led group. It's been kind of a long time coming, but uh, there it is. I have not seen a figure on the sale, Ben. They were valued around $400 million, so probably somewhere between 400 and $450 million would be my guess for the sale. It's a good day to be Deloitte, I guess, huh? I don't know. You know, I bet he thought he was going to be a billionaire out of that thing. Now he's a billionaire otherwise, but I thought, I bet you he thought when he bought the Academy... Thought he was getting half of downtown. <laughs> thought he was getting the fair park. You know, I bet you you thought you were getting a, a bunch of cash there. So maybe not. I don't know. You know, it's probably always nice to make 400 million bucks. Taxes, I don't know. I don't know how people deal with those how types of cash. I don't know if you're ever happy. I don't know if anyone's happy. Period. 
Doesn't matter if you have $100 million, you have zero money. People are always just trying their best. Would you ask to be paid in like... NFTs. Nickels or something? It's the only way I get paid now. NFTs. Land. You should, can, I, can I get that in dimes? Uh, I hope... I want to dive through it like Scrooge McDuck. Let me say this. I hope this ownership group does better than the last one. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I agree with that. Um this uh, this group or the, this fella he uh, he's a minority owner and several other seventy uh, sixers. Yep, uh, is it the Devils, Devils also? Yep. So, uh, which still remains one of the best names in professional sports. Uh, the Devils. The Devils. That's a great name. All right, because people usually don't aren't willing to go that direction. See, here's the good news. This is this is what Dave Checkett's had going for him too. Uh, a lot of experience in the ownership group when it comes to running sports franchises. I think uh, Deloitte Hansen had success in other realms. Um, but I'd never done the sports franchise thing before, and I, I bet if you asked him today, he would tell you to learn some lessons. Well, you know, you get a group with some experience, they've learned some of those lessons, and we'll see how it goes. There's a lot of great infrastructure that RSL has built. New Jersey Devils have been a joke. 76ers have underachieved considering their talent and have made some weird front office hires, but have traditionally gone with names over – Maybe I, eyeing good young talent when it comes to running the teams. So, like, they went with the Colangelos. Oof. Remember they got rid of – who was the guy that they made the oh, sacrificial lamb who was so funny? The, who did the who, trust the process? Who created then, the process. Yeah. I really never did anything with it, uh, but kind of became no, but the right when the it process. was it was about to turn, Correct. they canned him. Yes. It was, it was about to start paying off, and they're like, I'm sorry. It was the guy from the Spurs. Sam Hinkie. Sam Hinkie. Uh, <laughs> Sam Hinkie, who they – Got rid of for Colangelo. Colangelo blew it. Ended up making that funny burner account where he was arguing about the size of the collars yeah. on his shirt with fans, <laughs> saying that they were the norm- stupidest norm- thing ever. Slant. They're normal size collars because Jerry hires his kid, by the way. And then which- got rid of the Colangelos in favor of Daryl Morey. No, in favor of Elton Brand. And That's then Elton right. spent a year. N- Blew the budget, traded draft picks, just absolutely came in. Lost Jimmy Butler. Was awful. Still is there, but it was awful. And they hired in, they brought in Daryl Morey to come in and and do the job. And has done it badly. Has done it badly because they can't figure out what to do with Ben Simmons. So that firing of Sam Hinkie is looking really great. Good move. Over. Now, Blitzer isn't the majority owner of the 76ers. He's a minority owner. Probably not listened to. Hopefully, just sitting there learning on how not to do it. Correct. So you hope that he comes in and can run the RSL a little bit better. You hope that and, they can uh, go out and get some talent. You know, hope uh, know a bunch of people I know you do uh, too over in that front office starting with uh, with John Kimball who I think highly of and hopefully they recognize some talent that they already have in the franchise. Hopefully. And you know what? You've got a great fan base. You've got your own stadium. It's been here for a long time. You're established here. People want to root for you. There are entire bars downtown that are soccer bars. Like it is you have a shop downtown that sells gear. Like you have a dedicated fan base do something with it reward them for rewarding you and with that he'll probably just pick it up and move it i hope not i hope not i would hope that in the contract here the idea is that you're not going to be moving this team oh there's no way that that's true not contractually but with the academy here with all the the foundation yes that they built in the arena the stadium i should say but there's no guarantee this is the risk of of selling to somebody who doesn't have a history here it's a mess selling teams is always sketchy put another team in la I don't know. Uh, it's, it seems like there's a lot of uh, support in the Southeast for Major League Soccer somehow. But also, 
and yes, it certainly makes sense in some ways to not start a new team because you have to pay such a huge price just to start a, a team. The league would rather you start a new team than buy a team and sell it. That's true because at the moment it is a giant Ponzi scheme. We don't know that, but it might be a giant Ponzi scheme. Well, they no, they, to, it is explain why it might be a Ponzi because scheme? the only way that they're making their owners any money right now is through expansion fees, yes. and so that's why they've continued to so expand they and expand. Build and new expand. teams, everyone gets a share of the money, and they say, "Well, that'll keep us afloat until we become a full blown." Before we turn the corner, yes. And in Major League Soccer, there's also this weird central ownership where actually the league owns and a portion of every team. And pays I'd salaries. To, and, I'd have to look into the specifics, but it's it's. It's this. They still they created the operating agreement to get the league off the ground, and they still are kind of it's it's a weird setup. Like if you look at the professional rugby team that's in town, Ben, they have the same thing where yeah. it's the central league basically owns the franchises, right. and it's a different setup than what we picture in the NBA. But anyway, right now all these expansion fees are the only way these owners are making money. At some point, they have to pivot to TV deal. Monstrous ticket sales, something, something, yes. because you can't keep doing this forever. Correct. But they're going to try. It's actually probably why hard to R- say no to money. No, it's probably why it took so long uh, to sell RSL. Honestly, yeah, because there's only so many buyers out there, and they're going to want to pick their markets and start new franchises yeah. as opposed to buying an existing one, even that has been successful and does have the in- infrastructure like RSL. But this is a good thing. Uh, Sportico on the report here, by the way, Sportico has been uh, on the forefront of this. Being owned by Major League Soccer is it's that's not a good thing. This is a good thing for. Correct. RSL. Correct. Uh, all right. Stay tuned. Top three uh, stories at kslsports.com. Coming up next, Sam Farnsworth will join us at the uh, top of the, or no, 1130. The bottom. Me. Yeah, 1130. The bottom. Uh, more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.